Hello, everybody. Back part two. We're part two in deprogramming your life of Che in AA. Okay, part two. This is Che over here. Go check out part one. Deprogramming Che. It's it's titled transgender agnostic activism atheist. Atheist, uh, um, activist, activist. Okay, which, which she is. But we're not going to get into they. that. They. We're going to do this again. We're not going to get into that today. But she's going to correct me if they. I if I mess up. They. They're going to correct you. They are going to correct me every keep, time. Every time. How? If, let me ask you this right now. How offended? That's offensive because I'm I'm saying something that I'm. It's like calling me a. a, a a, a he, I mean a she, right? Yeah. It's just like if uh, if if uh, or calling some, you president of the United States, right? You're not that. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get into that. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we left off when Che was in Alcoholics Anonymous. Let's go right back there. I think we we were talking about that prior. You were getting you were in Alcoholics Anonymous. You left. And then you can't, you, you, you kind of got a lot of help, a lot of therapy, a lot of education, a lot of awareness, a lot of consciousness. You, you expanded your mind and, and learned more about yourself, you know? So let's, let's go from there and then go back when you went back to Alcoholics Anonymous. Well, sure. Uh, like, like, uh, we talked about in part one, I was primed to find, um, AA to be and the 12 step programs to be a viable solution because I was surround I was raised by and surrounded by believers and gods and and so forth and um, I found a freedom there because one I was accepted they love bomb me and you know that felt kind of nice at first and they told me that I didn't have to believe in any particular god and I did not believe in the God I was raised with, which was, you know, the, the Baptist narcissistic God. Um, and so there was a freedom there. And I, I tried to follow the path thoroughly and get honest and with myself and other people and find out, you know, what my part in all of my problems were. And because um, before AA, I thought that drugs and alcohol were my problem. Let me stop right there, Jay. First of all, this is a deprogramming podcast. This is Bobby C and I'm Bobby C. And this is about deprogramming alcoholics, anonymous people that maybe went to rehab or went to treatment center or sent by the courts or sent by their parents or wherever they're sent into alcoholics anonymous. If you're still in there, that's, that's great. We're just showing you some different ways just allowing you to think more, go beyond the box and think and check other things out. That's what, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. But Jay, talk about your drinking qualify. Uh, this is important, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing this for a reason. Qualify to the audience about your drinking use, your, your problematic drinking back then. Were you an alcoholic? Uh, did you consider yourself alcoholic? Did you believe in the alcoholism model? Tell us a little bit about that, because ladies and gentlemen, we're going to transition through that. So stay tuned. It's going to be very important uh, part two. 
Absolutely. At the time, I believed that alcohol and drugs were a problem. Everybody told me that alcohol and drugs were a problem. And I, the, the model that was presented to me was a disease model that said I had an allergy. And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous described my patterns, or so I thought. And I fit the textbook definition of alcoholic. I had, you know, it, there's a checklist, you know, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, do you do this? Do you do that? Do you have blackouts? Do you uh, think about drinking all the time? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, sure. Okay. That means I'm an alcoholic. It makes sense. And so they said that it was a, a an allergy and a disease having something to do with a God-shaped hole in my soul. And I didn't really have a God to believe in that I cared about, that I really thought cared about me. And so people said, well, you can borrow my God until you build one of your own <laughs> so i built a god and <laughs> so what did that god did that because were you considered like a, a you were a non-believer you were or were you an atheist at that particular time or you, no okay you weren't no. you were you were kind of uh i was uh, very confused Right, you were programmed like myself from a religion into Alcoholics Anonymous. So you were building, like you said prior, you, you did a build a bear instead of build a bear, you were build a god. So go ahead, Jay. Yeah, um, and then and I mean I got a lot of stuff out of the program that I found helpful for me at the time. On the other hand, there is a lot of bullshit in there, and it was killing me. And I didn't know that. And I basically kept going back and re-traumatizing myself with the same nonsense, the same harmful ideology that's based on evangelical uh, fundamentalism, uh, Christianity in this country. And I had no idea that religious trauma syndrome was something that I really needed to be um, aware of or learn about. Yeah, that, that, that's, 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 look, the courts send people to Alcoholics Anonymous. There's no separation at, at church and state. We know that. Right on a dollar bill, it says, in God we trust. Come on, let's, let's be real, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to get back, get back to some of the, I mean, you, you knew you had problems with alcohol. You were you were getting into some trouble or a little bit of trouble. Were you, was alcohol get, starting to be troublesome for you? Well, it would appear so. Um, I was um, I was a mess, and I did a lot of harm unknowingly to a lot of people, and had a lot of guilt and shame, and um, I, it just seems like. I'd get drunk and then just burn shit down. Right. I, I mean, not not literally, but yeah, I understand. You know, I understand. Burning bridges and and if people were standing on them, well, <laughs> that's their problem, isn't it? Right. 
Right, right. Besides, that, ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? Hey, and at at that time, both of us, well, we were we were we were trying to, you know, they were just pumping God into us, pumping spirituality, this fake spirituality stuff, and uh, really what they were doing is pumping AA principles and AA cult mentality into us constantly, you know, and. So it was really hard in Alcoholics Anonymous. I had to always go outside to kind of find stuff about myself, about my relationships with other human beings and how, how I could learn things and grow things and how other people's, um, other, how other people affected me, how like other people shit, pushed my buttons and how I reacted to other people and how they reacted to me. They, they weren't teaching me none of that shit in Alcoholics Anonymous. Here we go into Alcoholics Anonymous. You got maybe uh, a week, you know, sobriety. You go in there, they're going to work you through the 12 steps. And here you're going to be cleansed. All the trauma, all the PST, uh, PSTD, all the shit that you went through, all the stuff that you... We, we, we're learning about psychology, about the cognitive behavioral therapy, about ourselves, about life, about society, about the universe. They ain't teaching us none of that shit, okay? And we're trapped in a prison uh, of, of this, this delusion, illusion of this pyramid, thinking that, you know, we're getting better. Oh, we're getting better. Yeah, we're only better when we're running to a damn meeting because at, on the outside of life, we're still screwed up. Okay, so yeah, we're addicted to we're addicted to meetings, and, and Jay mentioned that we're we get addicted to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Sorry about that, Jay. Go ahead. I went to a lot of meetings partly because one, it was a community, it was a safe place where I seemed to be welcome, and and uh, there was a lot of them. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. And then I got really involved um, because. I do that. I I get into something and I hyper focus on it and I want to learn I want to learn it. I want to know it. I want to do it right. And so, you know, they told me that I had an original sin. I mean, I was powerless and that I needed uh I needed a higher power that was not me, um something outside myself, which became uh, sponsors who had to be sponsored by a sponsor who was sponsored by a sponsor. And it, you know, it's just big mess there. And, um, I had to recognize my part. If I'm still angry because I was abused as a child, well, my part is carrying that anger because the program is all about toxic positivity. We all have to demonstrate the people who are the the guru wannabes, the ones that everybody wants to have them be the sponsor, or they get asked to to speak at conventions or be the speaker at speaker night because they're living the promises on the outside. They look, you know, like the program works, and and they're spouting all of the 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 steps and how you know. I mean regurgitating bill wilson and um and i did that shit <laughs> and i got involved in service work and committees and and um 
Yeah, just over and over and over again. But let, okay, so and then I got out. Yeah, you're in. You're in. You're, you're, in. you're the second time you're really in. Let's do, is that the first time or the second time? That was the first time. Okay, so now you took and a break. And then I left. You left. And now you start, you, you got in a little, you, you still were screwed up in the head because they weren't helping us with nothing that we didn't know. We, we, you know, we wanted to know or we needed to learn. So you're still screwed up. I'm still screwed up. You come out, what happens? And real quickly, let's take you through it because we talked about this in the last podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, I got drunk uh, several times and realized that I didn't like being that drunk and then learned I didn't have to be that drunk. I could drink and not get that drunk, which was something that they told me wouldn't happen, couldn't happen because once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And but my experience that so aligned with everything that they told me when I was in wasn't aligning when I was out. And, and I found that to be curious. And then and, I read, a, I read a book about moderation management. And it's like, that seemed to validate my experience that, I, you know, that I was going through now because I can, I can drink when I want to drink. I can stop when I want to stop and I can enjoy getting tipsy. I could even enjoy getting drunk sometimes. Um, and I can go for periods of time without even thinking about wanting a drink or drinking or anything. So this didn't align with everything that I had previously been convinced was true. And no. then I also started using other drugs and um, drugs, you know, the scary drugs. <gasps> I use meth and <laughs> didn't and I didn't follow the same tragic path leading to jails and 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 all of the stuff the bad stuff that was going to happen that hadn't happened yet there's a big sign that's on the wall of pretty much every aa meeting room that i've ever been to that says yet you know it's that fear thing oh it hasn't happened to you yet that so what, what other so what other uh let's so how long were you out from the the time you were in, because you were in about seven years, six, seven years, how long did you stay out and you were kind of researching and kind of uh, checking the corp getting my degree, climbing the corporate ladder, checking uh, all other things out and becoming aware of new things about yourself? Yeah, well, I stayed out until I went on uh, until I found myself no longer able to be gainfully employed. Um, with a disability and went out on disability and no longer able to afford to stay on my own where I was at, I moved back home. And home for me was back to uh, my hometown of uh, area of Southwest Missouri. And so I'm now looking for my friends and my a community. And um, all of my friends were the people that I had met in the program. So yeah it seemed to make sense that I'd go back. Now, didn't you, didn't you tell me, I think on the last part, uh, uh, part one, that, that you did do some therapy work. You did do some CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness. You did do some studies prior to going back again. Oh, I did, yes, a lot of work. A lot of work. And how long were you out of the program? 
You're going to ask me to math. I think I told you earlier, I don't math. No, to, uh, uh, six months, a year, two years. Uh, several years. Several, several years. years. That's it. I, I don't do math. Yeah. Several years. You stayed out several years. You did a, a lot decades. of You did a lot of work on your own. CBT, you went to counseling. You did a little bit of this, a little bit of experiment with that kind of checking your own body, your own self. No one's telling you what to do or what to think or how to, how to do or, you know, where to go. And, and that, I was on narcotics. They were prescribed by doctors and specialists. I was on a lot of drugs to deal with the chronic pain and the, the physical disabilities that I had started to um, suffer from, deal with. And, and my experience being on those drugs also didn't align with everything that they told me would happen if I took any of those substances, you know, so I had several, I had several years where I was under um, the care of doctors and specialists and on all those heavy drugs that I've heard people say, oh, they won't even let themselves take a fucking pain pill when they have a, a tooth pulled out because they're so terrified that it's a slippery slope that's going to lead them to a relapse and jails, institutions, and death. Now, let me just touch you on that because Jay and I were talking prior to recording and we, we she made up a good point. They? They made up a good point. And here's, here's, the, here's the point. To the viewers, to the young people, to I don't care how old you are, there is danger in using tons of alcohol, getting really super drunk, driving. You cannot end up in jail. You, you can go to, into an institution. You can even die. Okay, that's the truth. That, yep. you know, I'm not here to say that's not true. That's not bullshit. That's, that can be true. But the true other thing is, Che will tell you, is that you can go to jail so many different other ways. You know, uh, you, can, you can be in an institution by just not working on yourself and constantly thinking or have a nervous breakdown without alcohol and drugs. You can land in, you can die so many other ways. Okay. I, like I said the, in part one, I was, I found myself to be more of a danger to myself and suicidal after one year in their program, follow, thoroughly following their path. I understand that it, because it, following their path is almost, it's impossible. It's just a circle jerk. And it's just these 12 steps to constantly make you loop around there with, with, with uh, perpetuity. It's like ever, ever ending, uh, eternal confession, admitting amends and recruiting. And recruiting. Yes, absolutely. You know, so yes, I can understand that. And, you know, a lot of people like I, I had to go, I had to go seek out like one-on-one -on -one therapy and group therapy during this, this transition, because I'm like, this is something's wrong here. You know what I mean? I'm not getting better. I'm still fighting with my wife and I'm still doing crazy shit on the outside, which I still do now. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Still, ask my wife, she'll tell you, but, but you know, I'm not learning these things. So, you know, I was lucky in the beginning, even in the beginning, I was picking up books. I was listening to Anthony Robbins, motivational speakers. I was listening to uh, uh, 
Wayne Dreyer way back then. I was going to CODA meetings. I was going to ACOA. I was trying to dip and dab in a lot of different things, man, because I was, I was on a search, you know, because I wasn't getting it there and I didn't buy all the shit there. Okay. I wasn't a big book thumper myself. You know, I probably only sponsored three people in 30 years because I didn't believe you know, I didn't believe all the stuff. I didn't believe how I got to brainwash people to believe on, on all this stuff because I don't even buy it all. Okay. I proved that it didn't work and did work. So I kept on, I was very cognitive uh, dissonance and I was a hypocrite to myself. And that's when I had a, you know, this is bullshit. And then I was, I was saying stuff that they didn't want to hear anyhow, you know, People didn't come up to me because I wasn't a big book thumper, but they come up to me and say, hey, Bobby, I like what you said. I only thought about that. No one else talks about that. You know, I talk about stuff that somebody else didn't talk about, you know, but I can relate back to you, Che. Yeah, I found that to be interesting as well, because people would come up to me privately and say, I really relate. I really I really get what you're saying. But then they did. They also banded together to keep me from talking like uh and or so it seemed there were i butted heads with people when i came back uh, i tried to do uh, i wanted to be i wanted to be of service i wanted to i've always wanted to help people um uh, my way of helping wasn't always very helpful i've learned but i you know that i wanted to be helpful and so i got I, and now i had time because i wasn't working a full-time job i was in you know um all i had was time so yeah let me be of service i'll help the group i want to help people so i got back into service work and and um and that's where i started noticing that the there's there were certain people that um seem to want to control everything and, and gather pigeons you know like a little flock um and and set themselves up like some kind of guru uh spiritual advisor you know and and um, and it's like oh that doesn't sit right with me either what is what? going on so i started just watching and listening more because it wasn't aligning and i kept trying to shape and and whittle down my own experience to fit inside their frame i can relate to that uh, until uh, i started thinking maybe it's not my experience that's the problem maybe this fucking frame is too fucking small i can i can relate to that 100 percent. that lasted a long long time with me and you were right uh, the, the the controlling minority you know you get you get 20 people at a meeting right 10 of them just come in and out they don't care the other 10 then you have five controlling minorities. They they got this. They do this. They do the book book studies. They go here. They got a sponsor. Blah, 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 blah. So here, I can really relate to when you're saying you, they, you would say stuff. People would come up to you and say, hey, Bobby, I like what you said. It's the newcomer or it's the, the other guy. It's always the but but somehow you felt the other ones were looking you at you like. Bobby, you ain't working a program right, man. The other, the other five controlling minorities, like, I don't know, Bobby, man. Mm. Even my sponsor, you know, I'd say shit, and he, you know, I had this sponsor. I loved him. I liked him because he was a good person. Not be, he never got the big book and pounded me because if he did, I, I'd say, I'd, I'd leave him in a minute anyhow. But I was I, fired. 
I was fired as a sponsor when I was a big book thumper. And then they, they came back and asked me to sponsor them again. And I did and thumped them again with the big book and they rightly fired my ass again. <laughs> so you can, re- uh, we can relate to this shit, you know? I mean, that's, that's, oh, here's another thing. Touch, touch on this. You, 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 you get a chip in Alcoholics Anonymous. You got your chip. Okay. Now you, you bit, we're in all those years. Oh God. Now you left, you went and drank, you went and used, you got, you got aware, you became aware, you started to think, you questioned, observed, you started to go to therapy and everything. You come back up and you're a beginner. You didn't learn shit, right? Tell us a little bit about that. I don't, I don't know if I picked up a chip. I'd have to think about that when I went back because shame maybe maybe i don't want to tell you know maybe the shame or the guilt or maybe uh, why should i pick up another coin or something like that maybe i don't know i don't i don't know i honestly don't know but i do remember um just really noticing starting to notice the things that didn't align and and so i started sitting back and watching one time they asked me to read how it works and so I did. And this time I decided because I am usually this way, I decided to change God's gender to she and read the entire piece with God as I understand her. And holy shit, you would have thought I killed some people's puppies. Oh, yeah. The attacks that I got after that. And it was like, oh, well, this is interesting. What do you do with that? You know, it's like. I can relate uh, to that. I can relate to that hundred percent because how do you think I got Bo- as Bobby C sees it as Bobby C sees it from as Bill sees it. I used to sit in <laughs> as Bill sees it meetings, candlelight and with the little black book as Bill sees it. Yeah. All the spiritual and God shit in that little book. And I'd say, I don't relate to this. I don't really really relate to this. And they look at you like, Oh, well, that we're talking about this. You know, we've got to talk about as Bill sees it. No, it says Bobby sees it today, okay? It says Bobby sees it. And it says Che sees it. As, as Monica sees it. As, as John sees it. Billy sees it. Sharon sees it. It's not as Bill sees it anymore. And I don't even care if people see it the way I see it. See it your own way, you know? And there's a... Uh, one of the atheist content creators on YouTube, Shannon Q, who talks about advocate for your own understanding. Don't take my word for it. I am not a guru. I'm not a savior. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a sponsor. I don't, don't put me on a fucking pedestal. I don't belong on one and neither do you. Right on, right on. Okay. So you're back in, you're, you're, you got all kinds of education on the outside. You know, they would say, you know, when people come back, oh, you lost everything. Here's your one day chip. Okay. They didn't lose nothing. They gained information. They experienced life. They, all their life past life experience is not wasted. How dare you say it's wasted in here. You start over again. That's bull crap. Uh, Unless, unless you lie about it. Uh, There was one person who showed up in our area uh, claiming, you know, like decades of sobriety, which then, of course, elevated them to some kind of special status and and then got invited to be a speaker and, and was asked to be a sponsor 
and then finally confessed that, well, they didn't really have 20 years of consecutive uh, sobriety. Oh, they had to um, confess, unless they would have went to hell. <laughs> Matter of fact, they just, you know, they did drink a year ago, so they really only, but, but they can't, and it's true, you can't really dismiss years of experience because of a, what somebody will label a relapse, but on the other hand, I I don't know. I'm with you on that. Okay, so And then I also notice um, how, how everybody, if somebody came in as a newcomer because they were either sentenced by the courts or or because, like we talked about earlier, it's the only game in town, and they show up and they've got some skepticism going on and they're sitting back going, wait a minute, wait a minute, this this doesn't make sense. Why, why, why? And, and it was like how I've heard about, you know, chickens will attack the, the weakest little chicken in the yard and everybody would jump on them and start bullying them just gang up on them and start telling them how how wrong they are how they're in denial how you know well if it hasn't happened to you yet it will if you keep going down the path you're on you need to be on our path we have the only answer even though we say that this isn't the only answer but oh my god once you get sucked in it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when they say God, they mean AA. Okay. Exactly. When they use the word God, 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 they mean AA. Just replace it with Alcoholics Anonymous because you got to follow that path. And if you don't, you're screwed. And it says it in the traditions, you know, you're going to drink again if you don't do this or that. Okay. Let's get, let's go through. Now, uh, this is what I'm going to try to get to, uh, ladies and gentlemen. How long did you stay in that second time? I came back here in 2013, 2014, and I started noticing these things. I I tried to get involved. I became a DCM, so a district um, representative going to the area meetings. And and then I I started butting heads with people and noticing these things that didn't align. And plus the fact that I was in a tremendous amount of pain the opioid crisis happened and the doctors stopped prescribing me the narcotics, which helped, you know, uh, dull the edges of the sharp, sharp <laughs> edges of that pain. So there I was unmedicated and suffering and uh, no amount of prayers or service work is going to deal with that shit. So I started, um, I, I went, I started smoking pot again and found that while it has a lot of benefits for me, I mean, and I use it regularly, um, it's, it doesn't take, it doesn't help the pain nearly as well as the narcotics that they won't let me have that, you know, got to do what I got to do to deal with what I got to deal with. It's almost like craft. It's almost like you're managing the pain. You're in, you're in your own self-management of, of your of your situation of your life how about the let's talk a little bit about the alcohol use today how long how long did you stay in the second time before you totally walked out well after that the political problems i experienced with the other people in the program that were trying to control everything um i found that it was just easier to stay home i don't want to deal with that shit 
Um, they were pushing me out of my volunteer service positions because they had their own little pigeons that they wanted to get into those slots so that they could, you know, play the puppet master. And so it's like, I don't need this shit. And it's hard for me physically to get out and, and sit through those meetings anyway in those hard ass chairs and listen to the same people tell the same shit over and over again. And everybody has to look good and, and positive and pray away their character defects like anger. And so I was like, ah, just fuck this shit. So I stayed home. So what year was that? That was, okay. uh, I think okay. around 2018, 2019. Okay. So then COVID hit and then 2019, we're two years in and bam. So I where constructed my spiritual beliefs. I learned about, um, I, I started, I started going to, uh, watching philosophy lectures from, um, Cambridge university and, and Yale and, you know, and, and that were online. And then I found, uh, debates between atheists and Christians. And I found, uh, atheist content creators on YouTube. Um, like we talked about, um, the atheist community of Austin and, and, um, recovering from religion and um and then so i while i was home by myself um always reading always searching i i realized that i had been seeking because i started with a conclusion and then i i went out seeking for supporting evidence that confirmed my all, you know, the conclusion I started with. And in this process of deconstruction, I realized I can't start with the conclusion. I have to follow the evidence wherever it leads. Even if it takes me someplace really uncomfortable, where I realized that all of the reasons I had for believing in a God or gods or higher powers or souls didn't hold up. They just, they were sound arguments. They weren't valid arguments. I can relate to that. Let me, let, let me just pause right here. I can really relate to that because it was about six years ago. I was working, I was taking care of two elderlies in, in Arizona and uh, I, I was living there. I was coming back and forth. I was flying from California back to Arizona. I was managing this couple and I would hire other people to come in while I wasn't there. And I stayed away from uh, uh, AA right there in town because there were so many meetings in town. I started one of the biggest meetings in, in the town. Uh, and I stopped going and I started researching too. That's the time I started researching everything and started getting validations from other sources to validate what I felt, believed, and which I observed throughout life, you know? Mm -hmm. And all this stuff started to happen. So it was about five years. And then I would go to a meeting. I would pop in a meeting because everybody knew me. And, and it's not that I was up some big shop, but it was a small town. I'd pop in a meeting and I'd sit there and think, oh, let me just go and relax. I, at the end, I just couldn't even go to a meeting. I would go late, make sure I... I, I missed the commercials because it's 15 minutes of commercials, readings and shit. I, I make sure I'd miss them, you know, 
And I'd sit there and I'd listen. I'm trying to listen to something that could be different, something that could kind of stimulate my thinking and, and, and give me some purpose, you know, of, of, or validation of what was going on with you know, the experience. Nothing, never. I just same old, same old. I couldn't stand it. I just completely stopped. What the? What am I doing? To, why am I doing this? And that's when I started to research really other, because you have to remember, thirty-seven years ago, there was no internet when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. There was nothing. They sent you to AA. You were an alcoholic, and that was it. Okay, so. I'm, I'm, I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm still searching all these other avenues, but I'm not going to the internet like I should. And I started doing that about six years ago, you know, six, seven years ago. And that's when started stuff really clicked. And then COVID hit. Then I started to be isolated. And not that I bought all this shit, but I started to be isolated. And I started to start the YouTube channels. And I started to go and connect. I seeked. I seek, you know, wherever the attention goes, wherever the energy goes, the uh, wherever the attention goes, the energy flows. So I started to put my attention into people on online doing podcasts, and I would I would text them back, hey, can I come on your podcast? Can I do this? Would you like to do this? And then I started my own podcast, and then I got started and get involved, and I started to find my own purpose again. You know, uh, started to validate myself. And I didn't need other people's validations because I was going and seeking all these other things outside of me and finding out that it's in here, you know? Exactly. And I'm not a fanatic in one anymore. I'm not a fanatic in one. I don't follow just one thing. I don't believe in one avenue, you know? And at this, this COVID thing helped me to set me free, okay? <laughs> It helped yeah. me to set me free. Well, after I after I deconstructed and, and realized I have no reason that warrants a belief in any God, what does this mean? Holy shit. So I went back to the meeting because there were two people, two of my friends there that identified as atheists. So I went back to ask them, what the fuck is going on? Why didn't you tell me this shit? Why do you let these people continue in their delusions? Why did you let me continue in my delusions? Why didn't you call me out on my shit? And and I stopped identifying myself as an alcoholic. I, I'd sit there and I'd, I'd just like, what is this? What is heck? Is that, can I do AA without a God? Well, I don't know. Well, let's see. So I would sit and observe and I'd talk to my, to my two atheist friends and... And then one day, one day, one of them says on the way out, he stops and says, at the risk of leaving you in a pit of despair, you might want to go research the orange papers, like the orange papers. Okay. So I researched the orange papers. Holy shit. I'm in a cult. I'm in a fucking cult. Of course I'm in a cult. Yeah, of course I'm in a cult. It's a, absolutely a cult and I'm in it. Well, that makes sense. Now I can't, I got to run away. I ran away. Oh, I ran away. And now, now I'll tell anyone who'll listen. It's a fucking cult. Get the fuck out of there. Run away. Save yourself. 
You know, the weird part about it is, though, I, I do believe we were in, and I ain't going to say, you know, everybody's going to say there was a reason, but you know what? Look, we were in long time. I was in for a damn long time, and I'm not ashamed to say it. In a sense, I am, but I'm not ashamed to say it because I always tried to, I was deprogramming while I was in, and I always tried to help other people actually deprogram. That's what I was doing all along, trying to help other people deprogram. I didn't even know it. I'm in this cult. And I don't believe, I don't buy all this shit. And I'm helping other people kind of expand their consciousness because all along I am too. I'll tell you what, I'm, 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 I'm thankful for that shit. Uh, I, uh, you know, and then talk about forgiveness. That's all they wanted for you to do is forgive people. You know, here they're sexually abused and everybody and they're doing all this shit. And they want you to talk about forgiveness and go to your, go to your perpetrator, go to your, you know, the pedophile will go to this person that did this shit and, and say, I'm sorry. Oh, shit. I've, Forget about that forgiveness. That I've I, hated I, you all these years and I feel really bad about hating you. I'm sorry for yeah. hating you. Can you get, can you, can you forgive me? Right. At oh, the, fucking bullshit. Yeah. At the end, at the end, we could, we could talk about maybe at the very end and it doesn't even have to happen, but at the end, it could be like, I, I, I forgive myself for this attachment of this person, this bullshit, you know, and that's about it. But um, yeah, that's another whole topic. Let's see, where are we at? Okay, so you can use today, You let's call it the recreational uh, use of uh, marijuana, alcohol. Uh, you kind of uh, control. Hey, let me ask you this. This is what I believe. I believe if I take five shots of alcohol, it does have control. It's a very powerful drug, alcohol. Okay, so if I take five shots of alcohol, it does have a some some effect and control over my body, mind, and and whatever. Okay, I'm not going to deny that, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about people that, like yourself, that are aware of what's going on. You know, today because of your transition or being you're you're you were involving becoming aware of yourself of alcoholics anonymous of society of this thing called the disease of this powerless bullshit you became aware you know and that's the beautiful part let's start closing with that and maybe you could uh read that thing if you have it in front of you uh, talking about i got out and maybe talk a little bit about that and we'll close on that okay I was recently um, a participant in a writing workshop with the I Got Out organization. And it's um, an organization that helps people um, and supports people that are getting out of and have gotten out of cults. And as part of this writing workshop, we had a 20 minute timed writing session where we wrote on three different prompts. Um, I got out of, when I, and now. And so uh, this is what I wrote. I got out of that church, that town, that hell of a family home, juvenile detention, that life, that school, that marriage, that closet, that trauma bonded relationship, my bed, my grave, my shackles, my fantasy, that mindset, those misbeliefs, that cult of love bombing, victim blaming group of self-righteous guru wannabes, that build a God workshop, more closets, magical thinking, 
the corporate ladder of corporatism, their clutches, their expectations, and their standards. I got out of that. When I, one, I realized it hurt, didn't make sense, noticed I didn't belong, found I no longer fit, outgrew it, wanted more me, authenticity, found that I would rather deal with uncomfortable truths, was no longer satisfied with comforting lies, knew I deserved more, found my voices, clenched my fists, decided to resist, had had enough of the shit that didn't match my values. And now I am free to choose, to doubt, to change my mind, to speak up, to speak out, to love who I love, to play, to leave, to stem and unmask, to exist, to create, to become my own best friend, to trust my perceptions, to be wrong, to learn and grow, to say fuck more often, make up my own words, to set boundaries, choose my friends, define myself, tell my story, own my past and my parts, to not carry others and do their emotional labor, to not have all the answers, to say no, to not explain or over-explain, to stop chasing people who choose to leave. I am free to choose who is family, to mock the absurd and to sing, to write and art my way. Beautiful. That is beautiful. I loved it. I want you to do me a favor. You know, this is this is anonymous addiction, deprogramming alcoholics, anonymous podcast, but we're not deprogramming just AA. We're deprogramming ourselves, society, the world, the universe. And Jake just read that. Do me a favor. Could you type that out and send that to Alcoholics uh, Anonymous Addiction private group so you could post that right on there? I've I've got it on. Um, it's already a post on my Instagram and could, my Patreon account. Could you could you and post my that Facebook? To, I'll be happy to forward that to your group. Yes, please forward Thank that you. to the group so I can approve that and put that up there because that's that's beautiful. I'm telling you. How can they get a hold of you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at doing you outside the lines. That's all one word. D O A N Y A O U T S I D E T H E L I N E S doing you outside the lines on Instagram. Uh, I've got a Patreon page. Um, I, my Instagram has my link tree on there so you can find me all kinds of places, um, all over the socials. Shay, beautiful. Part two, deprogramming Shay in AA. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And don't forget to subscribe to Anonymous Addiction. You can go to Facebook at Anonymous Addiction. My Truth About AA is Bobby C. Sees it, private group. You can check me out on Spotify or Anchor. We, we you know, check out the link tree. I do have a link tree and it kind of takes us to all these places. It was beautiful. I had a great time. I did too. I really appreciate the opportunity, Bobby. Thank you so much for doing this work. We got to expose this shit because it's just, it's killing people. Say goodbye. Bye-bye.